we actually got a chuckle out of the gospel this morning. How great was that? Wow, I love it. Exactly, Jesus won Pharisees nothing. Good call. Um, I've got too many books this morning, I'm sorry for that, but we'll get there, I promise. Um, I was going to start by looking at our reading from uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, which he ended by saying, what was it? So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only uh, our lives, the gospel, but our lives. And uh, I happened to take a look at the uh, My Bible at Home, the Revised Standard Version, slightly different translation, means the same thing. I just like these words a little better. That's what he says. So, being affectionately desirous of you, We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Paul was affectionately desirous of the the church in in Thessalonica. That's going to go on the internet, by not knowing how to pronounce that. Lovely. All right. But he had become affectionately desirous for them. I love that. That's that love of God working through him. Paul had been... Basically a first century Jewish terrorist, right? He was gathering Christians up so they could be executed. And then he was transformed when he encountered Jesus. And this love God and love people thing really took root in him. And now, he said that, what, that they were ready to share not only the gospel of God, but also their own selves, Paul's life, everything that he did. He had a big to-do list, didn't he? Starting these churches and going back and visiting them and writing these letters. And um, I don't think he considered it much of a to-do list. It sprang naturally out of his transformed heart. And it was his joy and his love to live this out, being affectionately desirous for these people. When the Pharisees, this lawyer, one who teaches the law of it, of Moses, the law of Israel, when this lawyer asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment, he said, what we all know, what we profess every Sunday, love God and love people. Decades before this, a uh, non-Jew had asked Rabbi Hillel, so what all of these laws that you Jews practice, he was kind of contemptible towards him as he was asking this, all of these laws that you Jews practice, what's the, what, you know, give me one. He said, whatever is hateful to you, do not do to someone else. That is the whole of the law. Everything else is commentary on that. So this has been going for a while, this idea, this thought, that all of Jewish law, all of the practice, all of their way of life, love God and love people. That's who we are. That's who we are made to be, and that's at our core, who we truly are. And it seems like if we were to really live that out, we might have a long to-do list as well. We already have long to-do lists, so I don't know. We really want to love God and love people. I think we'll find that if we think of it as a to-do list, yes, it will be. But if we allow and trust in the transformation in our lives that God has brought about through Jesus, we'll find that love God and love people is not a to-do list, but who we actually, truly, already are. We were at a clergy conference 
earlier this week, and um, we got all the clergy in the diocese, most of us, gather together. You know, some can't be there, but we gather together at Camp Allen, and we hear from speakers and we study. It was Monday through Wednesday morning, so two nights. At night, we get together and drink beer, and um, several of us were outside drinking beer and smoking cigars and playing guitar and singing songs till the wee hours, and in the mornings, we spend our time remembering that we had been up drinking beer and smoking cigars. And um, during the day then, we, uh, but, but, but that time is wonderful because there were clergy that I knew, but now they're friends. You know? Now they're beloved. And that's why, that, that's why we do that. I mean, we all do stuff like that. Not all of us, I guess. Um, some of us grew up. You want to? I know. Come on. It's fun. Uh, but during the day, we heard from several speakers and preventers and spent time um, in study. And one that we heard from was Caesar Kalinowski, who uh, gave a presentation on um, basically on this book, Transformed, and his idea, well, Jesus' idea, really. Uh, he didn't come up with it. Jesus did. But that um, we live out this life of love, not as a to-do list, but as just being who we truly are. And if I can find, there we go. He wrote the following. The God's love transforms us. It protects us. It perfects us. Receiving and giving God's love is what we were created to experience. It is what our human hearts have always desired. And as crazy as this may sound, God, God's ongoing call, sorry, God's ongoing goal is not to change us. He already has. God's goal is to mature us, to empower us to establish trusting relationships with Him in all areas of our lives. When I trust I am a new creation through the work of Jesus on the cross, I begin to live life closer to God, a life of fullness and peace. I live freer from the power of sin, and I am free to love without reservation. I learn to believe that all God's power, love, truth, and righteousness already exist in me right now. Even on my worst day, I begin to live out my new, restored identity. And he said that when loving people or being nice or, let's face it, sometimes we're grouchy, um, that that's because we've not fully trusted God with that aspect of our lives. We've not fully trusted that God has restored that part of us. That if we truly know ourselves and trust in God's restoration of us, then we know ourselves to be this restored people. And that loving God and loving people is not a burden. It's not something we have to do. It becomes something we get to do. We love doing wonderful things for people we love. And so living out this life of love and service living out this life in which we actively seek to love others. It's not a to-do It's not burdensome. It springs naturally out of the transformation God has brought about in us. He talked a lot about family and how we become a family that we, we are in the church. This is our extended family, right? The household of God into which we are baptized. And that as, as family, we love one another. And he gets together with his, they've got 
it's not really a small group. They called it an, a missional community that they get together with, like maybe four or five households. And they'll get together once a week for dinner. And they build, I mean, and pray again. And they build these really strong relationships. And then when a neighbor is in need, well, they don't say, gosh, that's just more than I can handle. They call up these four and five households and they go together and they help out. And sometimes these folks in need end up joining and <laughs> they grow their family more. This I mean, there are the, the people whose children I am godfather to and who are godparents to our children are several now families, then friends, who I got together with once, sometimes twice a week after college for two years. We get together, have dinner, hang out. There was nothing uh, particularly going on. We just liked hanging out. There's still, it's been 10 years since we did that. They're still my family. They're still the people that I pray for every day with, including in my family. And that's just two years of that. But that's how we live with, with family. That's how we live with other people in this gospel and this transformed life. That uh, we then see others in the same way. And we share this love that we have, not as a burden but because we are so affectionately desirous of others. We are ready to share not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because they have become so very dear to us. Amen.